you standing next to you are your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Gina. I am here with Bryna. Hello, everybody. So excited to talk about One Chicago Day. And Ashley. Hey, everybody. So, of course, we are just like you guys this week. We were sitting around on Wednesday eagerly awaiting the new episode of Chicago PD and then the tweet came down that because of Game 7 of the World Series, PD got pushed. Sad face. So what we decided to do here, instead of, you know, preempting our episode, we decided that we would still record a new one. But instead of, you know, talking like an episode like we usually do, we're just going to give you a big old recap of One Chicago Day. So we're going to start, we always start our episodes with the news, but I mean, our whole episode tonight is going to be the news. So it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with the fundamentals here. The first question is, what exactly is One Chicago Day? Bryna, would you care to fill us in? Yeah, let's see if I can do this the best I can. Um, Yeah, so One Chicago Day happens one day every year, and I feel like it's usually around the same time, about around Halloween-ish or so. And it's basically just one big media day for all three shows. So Fire, PD, and Med. And they pretty much just invite media to come and they get to do interviews and there's a red carpet and there's demonstrations of like, you know, how they do the cool stunts and stuff that they do on the TV, on the screen that we see. (laughs) And yeah, and then later that night, there's a big party. I like kind of, I guess, like a premiere party because there's, um a red carpet again and like fun stuff but there's not obviously they're not showing new episodes or anything like that but yeah so it's just this one big thing and there's always interviews and tweets and social media things and photos and it's it's a lot of fun but it also it all tends to come out at once so it kind of blows your mind if you're a fan like us it's like one chicago christmas yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's also chaotic. <laughs> but it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, and it's really interesting. So, I mean, I've talked about this before, especially in our first episode, but I didn't start watching it till the shows until last summer. And so I didn't really know what it was this time around last year. So this is really my first one. And to experience the full effect of it was a lot of fun. Do you kind of feel like you were, like, spit out of a tornado? <laughs> I mean, it's not as, like... I write, you know, I do, I write for, um, I cover sports. And so like when those like NBA has their media days, it's kind of a lot of the same thing. So I've experienced media days in that sense, but it was really interesting. I think this kind of maybe segues this into our next question about just how unique it is that something like this exists for a franchise in entertainment that we love. Cause it's really, I mean, it, there's nothing like it out there for in the entertainment world. There really isn't. Yeah, I agree with that completely because where else, what other shows can you name where they have a full media day like this where it's sunrise to sunset, news, interviews, pictures, just fun stuff. There's no other show or universe of shows where you see that. 
Can I ask a question about One Chicago Day? Because you guys have experienced more of them than I have. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't they do this, like, pre the season's premiering? Like, why is it always a couple weeks in? Oh, that's that, a good like, question. Like, mm-hmm. it would just make more sense if it, like, this had been done, you know. Like, obviously, Med hasn't aired, but that's, like, just a special case for this season. But, like, and I guess maybe, like, I don't know. Like, why haven't they done this, you know? Like, why didn't they well, do this, like, early September? Last year, they did it because Fire was celebrating the 100th episode. And they just threw it all together last year for that. Interesting. But that's hasn't this something been something that's existed for, like, a couple years? I want to say this is the third year, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Last year was the second. Gotcha. Year, so. so they basically just, didn't do it until Med came along. Yeah. Gotcha. I just, I mean, I guess that makes sense because at that point, like, it doesn't make as much sense for two as it does when you have three shows. But, like, I just don't under, I just never understood why they didn't do it. Like, why wasn't this something done that was, like, early September? Like, it, it was in January or something the first year, wasn't it? I don't remember. That was a no long idea. time I ago. I was not around then. I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, that was just something I didn't know. I didn't know if that had always been that like that or... Yeah. But yeah, One Chicago Day is just the coolest. And it's something that we are very lucky to have as a fandom because, I mean, not that I'm going to throw shade. I'm not. But like you don't see Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl and like Legends of Tomorrow and all the other superhero shows doing this. So it's something that we're very, very lucky to have as Chicago fans. I have another point. Are they like going to do this again when PD does the 100th episode? Because doesn't press and stuff go to 100th episode celebration? I doubt they'll have another one Chicago day, but I bet PD will have some sort of party. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't think it'll be obviously to this level, but I'm sure they'll do something. I feel like every TV show does something every time they hit like... 100 or 200 or 300 yeah, like or whatever Yeah, Grace just did something for 300. Or what, right, that's what week. I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Something along that level. Yeah, so. All right, let's get into some of the news that came out of Monday. And again, this day was just controlled chaos. Uh, but all three of us were trying to go about our daily lives while also keeping a very close eye on Twitter. And it was difficult, but we got it done. Yeah, so, and I... Just say, I mean, like, we were literally putting things in our outline. Like, the news is still coming out. We'll still probably hit on things that are coming out of One Chicago Day, like, in the next episodes to come. But we were literally still putting things in our outline as, like, 30 minutes ago. So, like, it's still coming. It's It'll probably be something we talk about for the next couple of episodes. Yeah, and so there's no particular rhyme or reason to the way we listed the news tonight. Basically, if it was news and we wanted to talk about it, we stuck it in there. (laughs) So we're going to start off with a Matt Carter interview that I think came out of Monday, right? Yeah, that was like one of the first things we got. Okay, so Brino or Ashley, take us through that. So Matt Carter did an interview with John Seda. And John Seda says that we've got Bretonio scenes coming. And he said that while we won't see the scenes of them together in Fire's finale, which, I mean, we're recording before Fire happens on Thursday night, and this is coming out on Friday. So we don't know what's happening in Fire's finale. Just keep that in mind. Um, But at the end of that episode, apparently you might be able to start to get a sense as to how that story could be coming together for them and what we're gonna how we're gonna actually see them interact in the episodes to come 
So that's super exciting for all the Bretonio shippers out there. Because I know they've been waiting for a little while. So here for this. Yeah, for sure. I'm just, Yeah. I'm also, it just, it also is very curious to see, like, what's going to maybe, like, the tease about, like, the fact that we might be able to start piecing it together after, like, tonight is very intriguing to me. It is. I, I have my theories based off what we know, but again, we'll save that for Monday's episode because obviously we're going to talk about the fall finale then once we see it. Yeah. So one of the bigger pieces of news that dropped pretty much first thing out of one Chicago day, we got a Chicago Med promo. So there's it's, it's mostly just like a montage of season two clips, but there are some scenes with new footage in there. The most telling one is that we see... A clip of Goodwin running to Dr. Charles after he's been shot. Finally. (laughs) Yeah, poor guy's been bleeding (laughs) out on the sidewalk since like May. So yeah, they finally find him. I'm sure that's going to be just a really emotional episode. And there were clips. There was a clip of Natalie and Halstead just kind of standing there just like super shocked and... Yeah, I think I'm Rose is one of the that. first one. Like, you get to do, you do see them like wheel him into the ED, and I think like Rhodes is apparently I, he looked like to be one of the ones that's like, I guess going to be his doctor. So it'll be it'll be super it'll be good. It'll be emotional. We will be ready to tweet about it and yeah, yeah. talk about our feels. One of the other big pieces of news that dropped pretty quickly on Monday morning was that we will be getting a crossover. In 2018, it will also be Chicago PD's 100th episode. So it's going to start on PD and end on fire. Metal be there, but it won't. Ex- Derek's exact words were that it won't start on med and then go to PD and fire. It'll start on PD and end on fire. But the storyline's a little odd. So the storyline's going to involve PD. This is the quote PD taking over Firehouse 51 for the second part of the crossover on a stakeout kind of situation. So Derek said that it's an unusual scenario, but it will have fun parts to it while also leading to conflict. This got a mixed reaction in the group text. Um, Yeah, Brenna and Ashley, how did you feel about this? Ashley, why don't you start? Yeah, why don't... Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan either. I think... I See... I think the storyline sounds kind of cool if this was just a crossover on, on its own. I don't like the fact that PD is going to be sharing its 100th episode with a crossover and like with Fire and Med. I think like Chicago or Fire's 100th episode was so good. And I think it's one of the fandom's probably favorite episodes just because of what happens. And I mean, like it's such a celebration of that Firehouse family and, you know, just the way it ends, it, it's just so good. And I really wish we got something that was just going to celebrate PD and kind of all the things that have made PD good for a hundred pre- or 99 previous episodes. So I, I'm a fan of the crossover idea and I think it sounds really interesting. I think a stakeout at the firehouse would be actually kind of cool. Like I just, I'm a fan of that. I'm not a fan of it being PD's a hundredth episode. Ashley, why don't you talk about your feelings? Yeah, I wish PD got, like, the whole episode to itself and it wasn't a crossover because I feel like the 100th episode should be, like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's not going to be special, 
but it should just be a standalone episode. I don't think it should be a crossover with another show. Right. I kind of, you know, I heard the news and at first I was like, well, this sounds kind of cool. But then I thought about it a little more and I was like, okay, wait, you know, I'm with you guys about sharing the spotlight. Fire, only because Fire had its own standalone episode with a really poignant moment in there with the Dossie wedding. So, right. I get that they're sharing the spotlight because it's a shared universe. It's a big old family. You know, I get that. And I'm not complaining about a crossover. Trust me. I love my crossovers. But, yeah, it sounds like it's just going to be just another episode for their 100th where Fire got a celebration. And there's another show that I think two of us watch, not all three of us. Um, Ashley and I both watch Suits. And they're into... They don't like to make a lot of fanfare. And so their 100th episode was just another episode. But I feel like in this universe with the Chicago shows, you know, it's something to celebrate. They should at least, you know, say something about it. So I think my thing my thing that annoyed me the most about it is it just feels like, especially because PD is my personal favorite, I just feel like since Fire got their own, it kind of makes me feel like PD's getting gypped just a slight bit. And if... Like I said, if Fire had had their own, if that Fires had been a crossover, I wouldn't mind it as much. But since it's not, since it wasn't, I just, I think PD should get their own. Yeah, and that's not to say the episode's going to suck. It'll probably be pretty good. But, you know, I laugh a little bit at the whole premise of intelligence taking over the firehouse. Of course, there's going to be conflict. Like, you know, Casey's going to go up to Halstead at some point and be like, get the fuck out of my space. Like, of course, there's going to be conflict. So it'll be interesting to see. And then, of course, you know, Bowden and Voight and we'll see. So uh, let's get into some of the more fun stuff that happened. So this was towards like late morning, mid-afternoon where this happened. And all three shows had a Facebook Live. And so Fire went first and their Facebook Live, it was Yuri, Joe and Jesse. Jesse Spencer, of course. Which was so funny. All three shows played a different game. And so Fire went first and their game, they basically read tweets about each other and they had to guess which character it was about. It was really funny. So we start off and Jesse Spencer's just playing piano, casually just playing the piano like it's no big deal. Yeah, I don't know why they had a piano in that room, but like the med one involved, you know, Nick playing piano. Like, I mean, there was a lot of piano playing happening in these Facebook lives. And I forget that a lot of this cast is musically inclined, so it's always hilarious when it comes up and we're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right. So funny. So some of the funny moments here, the tweets that they read, it was so funny hearing them read fandom tweets because, you know, we read the tweets in our own voice. But when you hear these three grown men reading fandom tweets, it's really funny. I feel like if they read, like, they're reading, like, 140 character versions of fan fiction. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh if only <laughs> oh now i really want them to do a facebook live and read fan fiction that would be a trip i would love it That'd so much great. oh my gosh so a couple of funny moments here there's a tweet where a girl basically says what does a girl have to do to get blank to put his arms around her choke to death and Jesse was like, oh, it's Severide. And they go and look at the answer, and it's Casey. And so they're laughing about it. And I think, yeah, and so Joe just looks at the camera. He goes, don't choke yourself. He won't show up. 
<laughs> they're a mess. But the real great moment here came at the end because one of the last tweets was talking about a character being a uh, small bean. Again, reminder, I'm the old one of the bunch. I don't speak this Tumblr lingo or whatever this phrase comes from. Are you guys familiar with this phrase? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I'm just old. <laughs> so, yeah, so they talk about this whole thing about Small Bean, and they're so stumped by it. They're pretty much me. So Jesse and Joe and Yuri, they're, there's a moment where they're literally staring at the paper, and they're just like, what do we do? I need a gif of that moment in my life because it's hilarious. So Yuri and Joe take to social media. Jesse decides to do like a musical interlude and just starts playing the theme song to Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Like of all the things. <laughs> Cheer. I, yeah. I don't know. At least he kept it NBC friendly. Interesting. Yeah, he did. Joe pointed that out. Don't give me credit for that. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so they're trying to figure out what a small bean is. They never really figure it out. I want to say their get was, their guess was like Brett or something. They open it. It's Severide. And Jesse looks straight at the camera and he goes, Kelly Severide, he ain't no bean. Except, okay, Gina, you have to set this scene. He says it in his like Australian accent. So it just like sounds so it's just something about it makes it funnier. So funny. Just so funny. Yeah. Just the small bean bit was hilarious. And now I'm really hoping they can work that into an episode somehow. I will say, though, although I knew what a bean, like, in Tumblr lingo, I knew what a bean was, I had no idea that they were going to say Severide. I could see it. I mean, I I could totally see it. I just, that was not my guess either. So, like, their reaction was not off, but, like, it was just funny that they were trying to figure out what a bean was. Okay, so what's the criteria for someone to be a small bean? I'm so old, y'all. I don't know. I mean, that just wasn't based on, let's put it this way. Based on other characters in the firehouse and in Fireworld, I wouldn't have guessed Severide first. Like, I probably would have guessed Brett. Yeah, I think that was their guess. I'm just going to go get, like, my blanket and my rocking chair and just go be a grandma and sit in the corner while the the kids talk about what's hip. (laughs) Yeah, so bad. I mean, yeah, it was hilarious. So after fire, the PD kids were up next. And it started off with Marina, Patty, and LaRoyce. But then Jesse crashed it midway through. Oh. Y'all, this was awesome. So they played two truths and a lie for each PD character. And honest to God, they should have done this for all three shows. Right. Like, I really liked the tweet one. Like, I thought that was funny. And at first I was like, oh, I hope they do that for all the other ones. And then they, like, I've watched the PD Facebook Live probably more than I admit I should. I've rewatched it a bunch of times. And I really think they should have done those for all three. Yeah, and they were really funny. And the questions were really specific. I was really surprised at how much I knew. Did you guys know a lot of those answers? I knew a lot of them. I was surprised how much they knew, and especially Patty. Yeah, Patty knew a lot. Yeah, I really want to see him, and apparently Kara's really good at, like, one Chicago trivia, and so I'd really like to, like, see them do it for all the characters. Like, it would just be really good. There was an interview a while back, maybe like a year or two ago, I don't even know, where they asked everybody one Chicago trivia, and Patty sucked at it at the time. They asked him to name the three oh, women. Yes, that was like yeah, a- Ashley, go ahead. Yeah. Wasn't that like a TV Guide interview or something? I think I so. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 
And then they asked Patty to name the three girls he was engaged to, and he couldn't even remember Wendy's name. So but good. somehow he was on top of his game tonight. He really was. He really was. So a lo- they gave really good answers, but we have a couple things that we want to refute here because, you know. Just a couple. They, just a couple. They, they play the characters, but we're the ones who watch the episodes multiple times. You know. Okay, so the first thing. Brenna, this is where you come in. Just start us off. Yeah, I have a big rant about the first one, and I think, honestly, that's where – our like whole text chain started with all our one dis- one Chicago Day stuff was this this Facebook Live. So when they get to Jay Halstead, um, that was like the first one they did, and so they give the three facts. And the lie that ends up being for Jay Halstead is that he was the only member of One Chicago to have a ship on all three shows, and it's a lie because the answer is not he's not the only one. The answer is it's Jay Halstead and Kelly Severide. Okay. Here's our problem with it. Jay was technically never with Natalie. And if he was, and they said, like, they're a thing, it must have been a deleted scene somewhere that we never saw, and therefore it is not technically canon. Like, he was never with Natalie. And I really wanted to go back and rewatch those, like, med scenes just to, like, make sure that what we were saying is true, and I didn't have time. But he was never with Natalie. He wasn't. I can't believe you were going to put yourself through that and relive it. I was just going to watch the scenes. <laughs> but, like, just because I want to make sure that, like, what we're – but I'm thinking about it now. And I'm thinking, okay, well, there was the, like, hockey thing, the hockey game that he, like, wasn't there? Wasn't there a hockey game that she wanted to invite him to or whatever? Yeah, he went – or, yeah, he went with her because yeah. Will was going to go and then right. he had to work. Right. Yes, exactly. So there was that. And then she invited him to Noah's grad whatever party that happens in the finale. And he asked Will about it. And then he realizes, no, that's a bad idea. I'm moving on my, in on my brother's girl. Hold up. And then doesn't go. What out of that is Jay and Natalie being together? At least enough for them to be a ship. Right. I call bullshit on this answer. Yeah, like, at least the Kelly Severide one, like, yes, he was never technically with April on med, but they shared a kiss, so it's a lot, people ship it a lot more than they, I don't know if anyone ships Jay and Natalie. I know there are maybe, like, one or two people that we talk to on Twitter. Hi, we're not judging you, although we kind of are, but we're not. But they exist. Yeah, I, I've just, I personally never interacted with anybody on Twitter that ships Jay and Natalie, where I know a bunch of people have shipped Kelly and April and then Kelly and Lindsay like I know those fandoms exist they're small but like they exist so the Kelly one totally makes sense about him having three ships on each show well yeah that and Kelly sleeps with anything that moves right but the J one just doesn't I don't get it he I so I'm calling bullshit on that one yeah and plus all they did was flirt what's the criteria here to constitute a ship all they did was flirt it was awful and then Jay came to his senses. That's not a ship. Right. And, like, I guess they see it as, like, they, or at least the med people, like, they really promoted it in their promos and stuff. So I guess that's where they're constituting it as a ship. But in fandom's eyes, it is not a ship. So, therefore, that was actually the lie. We call bullshit and we demand a recount. Yeah. For reals. Ashley, thoughts? Oh, I agree. I don't think they was together either. Ugh. And you should have seen, when I first saw that, 
and like while it was happening live my text messages I think there was about a, like a lot of fucks and that this was bullshit and I I wanted to refute that immediately even if we didn't talk about one Chicago and we were just gonna do a PD recap I had I was like I have to bring this up because I'm calling bullshit there was a lot of all caps and like Darren during all that, like, this whole Natalie J thing, wasn't even him and Aaron on a break? Like, we didn't even know they broke up. So, like, that still doesn't count as Natalie and Jay being together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that, actually. Yeah, they were on a break, and we were like, well, hang on. They're, aren't they still together? It was a lot of confusion. Yeah, that was a frustrating time to be a Linstead shipper. I mean, now is a lot. Now is still frustrating time to be a Linstead shipper, but then even honestly, even more so. She ghosted him. Yeah. <laughs> Replay of our text last night, guys. Oh my god. Right. That was a horrible decision to rewatch that show last night because it just brought up so many feels that were just—it was bad. Okay. Anyway, Ashley, take us through the next part of the Facebook Live here. Okay, Jesse. When Jesse says it, wait, hold on. Yeah, when Jesse, it's Burgess's turn. So like Jesse's, well, they, were they ever were Burgess and Roman ever living together? Like, no, they wasn't. At least yeah, we don't think they was. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesse says, were they ever really dating? I think the question's about Burgess, okay. and Jesse just goes, were they ever really the dating? about, so when Burgess, when it comes to Burgess's true truth and a lie, the things about whether Roman, Roman asked her to move to Los Angeles um, when he's getting ready to leave, and the answer is it's a lie because he actually asked her to go to San Diego. And then Jesse, when it comes to, like, that part, he's like, were you guys ever really dating? And Marina's like, yeah, we were. But, like, my first reaction was, like, same, Jesse, same, because I didn't even think they were really dating. When someone, when Marina said about her and Roman living together, I was like, that existed? Like, I don't even, I don't remember that happening. I don't remember it happening. I don't want to remember it happening. I know there was a scene at the end of the Justice Backdoor pilot when they were prosecuting the guy that, mur- not, wait, Burgess shot somebody and then he was on trial, right? I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Okay, well, that episode. I know at the end they were both at Roman's apartment, but I didn't take that as them living together. I that was Aaron. To believe Wasn't they ever Aaron? Lived together. Aaron was there with Burgess. The fact that not a single one of us can remember her Burgess and Roman living together. It didn't happen. I refuse to believe that happened. That is like Gina said in her outline. That is not my canon. Not my canon. Hashtag not my canon. Yeah, not my canon. Is canon with two ends or one end? Did we ever resolve this? I think it's one. I am full of old people questions yeah. tonight. I'm just going to stop talking. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> Ashley. Yeah, you are. <laughs> it's just one. Okay, whatever. There were also some fun notes in here. They were talking about relationships at one point, and LaRoyce just casually mentioned to the camera, he's like, I want a relationship. Yes. Yes, please. Hashtag give out water ship 2017. Yes, please. There is another moment. Marina pretty much echoes off that, and Marina mentions that she wants a relationship with someone on, I think, Med, right? Yeah. I mean, she hasn't been in one on fire either, but she was mainly talking about Med. 
And if you listen carefully, there's a moment there where she's like, well, I want a relationship with someone on med. And Patty goes, easy. He's like, yeah, I'm sitting right here. And we're like, yeah, we know. But still, do you guys have any ideas? I was trying to, we were trying to think about it. Who would she make the best ship with that's not in PD land? I can't even think of someone. Fire or med? Yeah. Open it up. All right. Stretching here. I'm thinking. I can't think of a single person on med. A, that is not already kind of in a thing with someone else, but like that even that she would be good with. And then I'm like, well, if I think about fire, like, I don't know. Okay, well, established ships aside, on med, I could see her with Rhodes. Kind of. Yeah. It would kind of be a Bretonio situation a little bit. Maybe. I guess I could see it. Out of anyone, it could be Rhodes. But I could see them having intelligent conversations. Yeah, that would be good. And then fire. Let's see. Otis? Not Otis. Cruz. Maybe? I feel like out of all of them, he'd be the close. Maybe. Cruz? No? I don't know. That's hard. I don't know. If y'all think of any, tweet us. Email us. DM us. Let us know. Because this is an interesting one. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, Marina, Marina was a... She, there was a lot of great moments from Marina and Patty both in this episode. The main one that we got tweeted about was when Jesse, like, comes in and he's reading his, like, first, I don't even remember for which character it was, and then Marina, like, goes and, like, sits in Patty's lap. I, people freaked out. I love them. They're so freaking cute. Um, Yeah, Patty also drops an F-bomb in the middle of that Facebook Live. It's just... The so whole good. thing is just so funny. It was so good. I was so proud. It was so funny. So the last Facebook Live that came up was Med, of course. And this was between Nick, Tori, and Colin. Basically, their game, they would read a piece of dialogue and have to guess which character said it. And they had little cutouts of each other on this table. And it was so funny because, you know, Nick would goof off and Tori would look at him and be like, what the hell are you doing? And then they'd have to guess. And I know one moment that was pretty funny was the quote about Dr. Halstead being a monumental pain in the ass. And Nick said something about he's like, yeah, I still have nightmares about that. So yeah. My only God. thing. So theirs was my least favorite game. But I really like the dynamic and the relationship that the three of them have both on screen and off screen. Like they're probably one of my favorite parts of Ned. So I really yeah. like seeing them in this Facebook Live. But they had my least favorite game. I wish they had done the tweet game. Yeah, the tweet game was good. The two truths and a lie would have been good, but we don't know enough about their characters to play that. Exactly why it would have been a good game. Yeah, it would have been a good game. But I'm trying to think of the other quotes. There was the one that was like, the world needs good doctors, you ass. That was hilarious. It was um, also funny when they like, there was some where they could, you know, if their character said it, they could guess it and, you know, they were good about it. But, like, when they couldn't remember their own line, they were like, I think this is good one. And then, you know, Tori would be like, oh, wait, this was Natalie. And it was like, wait. It was just funny. <laughs> it was funny. And then towards the end, I guess Nick got bored and it turns out he plays piano, too. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. So they had some mood music at the end of their Facebook Live. So funny. This cast is just so funny. Ugh. So 
after the Facebook Lives, you know, everybody kind of had their different interviews with different media outlets. And one of the outlets that had the most interviews was Nikia Nichelle. And Nikia, I believe, is a local reporter to Chicago. Yeah, I think she's so. like a lifestyle reporter, I think. Yeah. Um, we're not local to Chicago, that's why we're not inter- we're not incredibly sure, but Nikia, if you're out there, hi. Um, so we'll just start with some of her interviews because she did a ton. So we'll start off. She interviewed Marina and some of the big notes there. Um, Eamon Walker crashed it in the middle and just gave her a huge bear hug, which was adorable because then, of course, she hugs him back and she's like, I'm like a happy puppy. It was just so <laughs> cute. cute. It was. Um, she talked a lot about the lack of sleep that comes with being a new mom. And then she also talked about special skills, which is her show that she developed with a friend whose name escapes me right now. If you have not seen special skills yet, do it. It's so funny. It is so funny. We'll post the link on our Twitter page. It's it's amusing. So, uh, yeah, so she's developing a show now because she and her partner on that show, they won a web contest to develop a show with Lionsgate and Kevin Hart. So Marina's doing big things. Yeah. I, I didn't know about the show and, like, that she won. And, that like, that's so cool. I love Kevin Hart. Yeah, so cool. So cool. Another interview was with Patty and some interesting things here. Patty's just so he's just so blunt and to the point, And it's just to a point that it's just hilarious. So he talks a lot about how Ruzik frustrates him sometimes, to which I say amen. Um, we love Ruzik, but come on, you know, uh, he, he talks about LaRoyce and how they're best friends off screen and on. I think he mentions at one point that LaRoyce went to Thanksgiving at his house like a year or two ago, and he talks about how his family wants to adopt him. I would love that. So great. I love it. And the best part here is that they end the interview and Patty does an impression of Voight. It's not bad, actually. Not bad, but Jesse's is a lot better. And Jesse's was like one line and he just nailed it. Yeah, we'll get into Jesse's in a minute, but it was just, it was amusing. It was very amusing. Just, yeah. So she also interviewed Jesse and Jesse Soffer. Soffer. How do we say his last name? Soffer. 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 I thought it was Soffer. And then today somebody, or I think the, I was watching the interview with Christian and Amy and they said Soffer. And now like my whole life's a lie. I'm like, what the hell do I say? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it really, I won't say that. I don't know if it really matters, but like Jesse, we want to know what the right way to say it is and the only way we're gonna know is if you come, come on, on the show and, tell and clear us. it up yeah duh duh <laughs> so his interview was actually really telling which was surprising fantastic. surprising yeah um brenda do you want to talk about this yeah yeah so he actually talked a lot i mean there was a lot of good stuff in there um and i mean it was surprising because it was only five minutes but it was really good and one of the things is he admits that, like, especially after what happened in episode one with him of the season, with him accidentally shooting the little girl, that he's, like, going down this dark hole right now. And he talks a lot about the episode that we're going to see now, I guess it's in two weeks um, from yesterday, yesterday being Wednesday, um, with all of his PTSD stuff. And he says, you know, we're going to see... Um, Jay experienced some PTSD and it's going to bring out some stuff from his past that he doesn't really know how to deal with and we're going to see him coping and really fall down that rabbit hole. And I think I was always 
cautiously optimistic about that episode that's coming up in a couple weeks. But it makes me way more optimistic seeing that it's coming from Jesse himself and they've already shot that episode. And, I mean, he says it's something that, like, it's not just going to – it's going to extend beyond that episode seven, I think it is. Um, Which also, it just – coming from Jesse himself, it makes me a lot more optimistic about that they handled it the right way. But I'm still cautiously optimistic until I actually see it. Right. Ashley, thoughts? Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think I'm on, I'm excited to see all that. Even though it's in two yeah, and weeks, I hate- which is like forever. Yeah, we got to wait and see what's going to happen with the schedule. Because chances are, I think they'll probably end up taking a week and giving us a two-hour episode. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think they're actually going to air the night before Thanksgiving, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, I forgot that the week before Thanksgiving is kind of a freebie. Yeah, or the so week we'll of see. the week of Thanksgiving, but like I don't think they'd air the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I could be wrong because they weren't planning on it before they pushed this episode. Yeah, so I hate to say that I'm excited to see Halstead go down a dark hole, but I'm excited to see Halstead go down a dark hole. Gina, you know that doesn't surprise me considering what you like in fan fiction—that you like the dark, like <laughs> angst. <laughs> it's just that one, but like. That doesn't, I mean, I'm excited too, but like, that doesn't surprise me about you. <laughs> okay, fine. That's fair. Sorry if I like revealed your deepest, darkest, darkest, darkest secret. Nah, you didn't. I, I, yeah, no, I didn't. And also my boyfriend is somewhere listening to this right now going, she didn't reveal the darkest secret? Oh boy. <laughs> Whatever. I need to stop talking. <laughs> I'm not even that drunk. I haven't had a whole glass of wine. Like. I will say in this in this interview, Nakia had a very a moment with Jesse that we all related to when he like first gets there. She like says something about his eyes, and then she starts revealing Pat because she had done Patty's interview right before that, and like she revealed the secrets of Patty's mic drop in that interview. And she's like, "Oh, is it those eyes that are making me reveal all my like inner secrets?" And we were just like, "Yeah, that'd be us. That is gonna be us when we meet him in March." We know that feel. Yeah. So that was a really, that was a moment that everyone in the fandom can relate to. So then Jesse also went ahead and did his Voight impression. And I'm going to agree with you, Bryna, that his was better than Patty. It was the best impersonation out of everyone that did an impersonation with all her interviews. Yeah. It was like two words and that was it. But he nailed it. It was, it was pretty great. So after the PD kids went, uh, we got an interview with Colin Donnell and Norma Kuehling. And Norma, if you don't know, she's new to the cast in season three. She plays Dr. Becker, who we met at the end of season two, who I want to say is the doctor who came from South Africa. I think so. But she's now like working with Rhodes and is going to be like competing with him. And so, yeah, that's why they interviewed together. So they talked about the upcoming season and, of course, Halloween and all that good stuff. But the main thing that we wanted to touch on here, Nakia admitted that she doesn't watch med. Facepalm. Yeah. Bryna, you and I have done interviews before. And, you know, even if we don't watch the show or don't watch what they're part of, we would never admit that. No, I've done plenty, I've done many interviews where I've never seen a single episode or seen what I'm talking to them about, but 
it's journalism 101. First of all, you just never say that because you don't want to make them uncomfortable with you. You want to do the exact opposite and do whatever you can do to make them feel as comfortable with you as possible, whether it's asking them, like, a silly question up front or whatever. And she did a lot of good things with that, like, with the Halloween question. Like, you could tell they were really excited to talk about the Halloween stuff. And, like, when she handed them their own mic, like, everyone was complimenting her on, like, oh, we get our own mic. Like, that's so cool. Don't – you never say that you don't watch. Like, that was just – I mean – it's, like, my biggest pet peeve. One of my biggest pet peeves as someone who wants to be a journalist. Like, oh, It's definitely a don't do that kind of moment. I cringe as much as I do when I get, when, like, audience members ask questions at events because I hate that just as much. And I think this, like, beat audience member questions for me. It was pretty cringeworthy. But it does bring us to our next question, which is, you know, we're, the jury is still out with Nikia because she's done some interviews before with the Chicago cast and she watches, but there are times where we're like, do you watch? So it just kind of begs the question we were asking, we were talking about this in our group text, you know, do any of these journalists watch the shows? I think it, with her especially, but I think in general, I think maybe they once, once, upon, once upon a time or maybe they've seen episodes here and there. So they think they have it all caught up like they're all caught up they're like yeah I can talk about that sure I've seen a couple episodes but like unless you watch every single episode and I think you know there are definitely interviewers where we know like Matt Carter you know you we can tell that like he watches you know at least screeners I don't know when he watches but like he watches it's just like I'm not saying you have to be as knowledgeable about the little nitpicky details like we are because that's what we do like that's what this podcast is Like, we nitpick about every single little thing in an episode and in the fandom. But we can tell, as fans of the show and the franchise, we can tell when you don't watch. Or when we're pretty sure you don't watch. And so, I can only imagine how uncomfortable it is for the actors and, like, the producers and the writers. You know, when they get just the general questions and, like, not things that are specific to what they're on right now. Like okay, the questions about what it's like shooting in Chicago were great in, like, seasons one and two, but, like, this is season six and season five. Like, it's time to, like, move on from these questions. Right. And you could tell that some of the journalists did watch the shows. I know the interview with Derek Haas and Taylor Kinney that came out today, um, a couple of the journalists had really good, in-depth, informed questions that you could tell they watched the show in depth. Right, and I'm not saying... This is just, like, more of a blanket statement. There were, and there were, I mean, there were some ones we were like, well, why are they even there? They're not even, like, based out of Chicago or an entertainment journalist specifically. And so we were just confused about some of them. And, like like I said, this isn't me ranting about every single person that was there. But there were definitely a lot of interviews that came down that we were like, wait, do they actually watch? Like, what is going on right now? Yeah, and you know what's funny? So about two years ago, I interviewed Joe Minoso, of course, plays Cruise on Fire. And in the beginning of it, he was like, well, I don't know if you watch. And I was like, you don't know if I watch. Sit back. Let me ask you all of the questions. Right. With, like, the most specific detail. Like, when Cruise did this and episode this, this, that, like, yeah. (laughs) You blinked in this moment. What did this mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it just, you know, um, and you had mentioned in the outline, Bryna, you know, you feel like a lot of the journalists just got sent there on assignment. Um, next time a media outlet needs to send someone on assignment, I'm available. Right. Yeah. 
especially if it's one Chicago related. I mean, we would love to talk about it on our podcast and go on assignment. So like, hit us up. We're your girls. You can depend on us. So, um, and and of course, um, the other thing with Nikki and Nichelle, she pretty much wrapped up every interview by asking each person what character from any of the shows they would want to be for Halloween. So Jesse Spencer said he would be Mouch, kind of called him like Chicago Elvis and like Buddha. It was pretty hilarious. Jesse Spencer would be Mouch. Christian Stolte would be Connie. Jesse Lee Sofer would be Platt and Patty would be Bowden. So my question for you guys, Brenna and Ashley, if you could be any one Chicago character from any show for Halloween, who would it be and why? Halstead. Why? Because he's such a badass, and, like, that's not me. But, like, he also has the, like, more reserved side, which could totally be me. And so, like, it's just something different. Yeah? Yeah. So I'm going to go Halstead. Plus, Halstead's my favorite. So why not? (laughs) Ashley? I don't know. Am I, like, Burgess? Or am I be, like, Natalie or somebody? I have no idea. Where's the love for Gabby Dawson? That's who I'd be. See, I love me some Gabby Dawson, but she's not my favorite in One Chicago Land. Jay Halstead is, so yeah. She's just badass. I just kind of want to be her when I grow up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she- I mean, here's a couple's costume idea. Somebody, if you have a boyfriend out there, you can go with Aaron Lindsay or like Burgess and Ruzik or Aaron and Jay or like you can. Casey and Gabby, like, see? Yeah, we did get a tweet because on Halloween, I put out the call for, you know, if you have one Chicago costumes, tweet us. And um, one of our listeners, Piper, she dressed up with her brother as Upton and Halstead. And it was so good. Did you guys see that picture? I did. It was yeah. really good. It was so good. And, like, her little brother, like, he's shorter than her, but he had the, 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 the plaid, like, the blue plaid and, like, the badge and everything. Oh, it looked so good. I loved it. I wish I had thought... Because I was struggling real hard to come up with what I was going to do for Halloween this year. And I wish I had thought about it. Because they're not hard costumes to do. Like, PD is not hard. I wish I had thought about it. Yeah, and I saw another one today that uh, somebody was Lindsay from 301. So she had the pink shirt on, but she had, like, fake blood on it. <laughs> you guys did Sophia really awesome. Sophia I- retweeted one. It was like... Aaron from 301, and then, like, the little boy was Casey. It was, like, really cute. Oh, my God. Yeah. Y'all kicked ass with the One Chicago costumes, by the way. They were so good. Really good. So good. So, you know, we also put the call out to you guys and asked, you know, we told you guys, basically, there was so much news that came out of One Chicago Day that chances are we missed some of it. So we needed you guys to help us out and fill in the gaps. And one of these things here is that one of our listeners, Jessica, she pointed out on Twitter that, you know, she wanted us to address that Med is really starting to push the Manstead ship very hard. Um, you know, she said it's never been her favorite ship because she thinks Will is exhausting. And she asked for our thoughts here. So my thoughts here is that I agree with you, Jessica. They're exhausting because they're two very, very frustrating characters. So Will has a lot of good qualities, right? He doesn't always get on my nerves, but... He gets on my nerves a lot, but he has a lot of good qualities, but he always goes and says some really dumb shit that makes you forget about it by the end of the episode. Every episode you start off and you're like, well, it's not that bad. And by the end of the episode, you're like, damn it. Well, why did you do that? 
So, you know, he's pretty exhausting in that respect. And Natalie, I find to be a bit of a drama queen. So I can see where you would think that because you see Natalie get all like whiny and frustrated, especially when she's wrong about it being child abuse because she always thinks it's child abuse. Yeah, she does. And I just think, I think you put it that it's really good is because they are exhausting because, and they're so frustrating together. And I also think part of it and part of the reason why I'm not like a hardcore man stud shipper, like I wouldn't mind if they were together, but I'm not a hardcore man stud shipper is because we've never really seen them. Like, I mean, we're going to go and see them three and we have really no moments to build a foundation on them as a couple. So like, no, the fact that they're now kind of pushing me instead hard is like, okay, well that's great. But like, where is this foundation? Like, what am I supposed to ship them off of? Because she was, Natalie was so hesitant about it in season one because of Owen and because of her dead husband and like all these things. And then well, like season two, she's with Jeff and like, that whole thing and then Will is with Nina and like so they're not even really thinking about each other until like the last like two episodes and it's like okay but like where I just don't know where that foundation of me supposed to be wanting to ship them is coming from does that make sense yeah that makes perfect sense so for me I'm just like okay I I'm totally open if they give me some stuff that's really good like I'm totally open and down for shipping them because I don't really ship them necessarily with anyone else but, like, I just don't have a lot to go off of. So, like, now that they're kind of, like, did all their interviews together for One Chicago Day and, like, they talk a lot about their characters being, I don't know, whatever weird place they're going to be in when we come back in season three. It's just, like, I don't know. It's just weird. Ashley? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I like them, but, like, we haven't seen much of them as a couple to, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah. Yeah, we we don't have much to go on. What we have to go on is Will acting like a sixth grade boy and treating that terribly and then just kissing her out of nowhere. It's basically everything we have is one-sided towards Will because, like, that's what that is in season one. And then he's kind of even the one in season two that's, like, once he kind of realizes, like, he has some moments with Natalie, it's like, oh, shit, I'm still into Natalie. It's still all about Will being into Natalie. We've never seen enough of Natalie being into Will. So, like, is she even really that into Will? We don't know. You just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. I don't That's know. Exactly and I'm hoping it. for if they want to give it to us, I'd be down to watch it and down to ship it eventually. Just not right this second. I mean, that's obviously the main couple on Med. Right, and it's obviously, I mean, it's the second, I mean, based off what we have, well, no, it's not the second most important. But, like, it's the main couple on Med, and, like, technically Berzik's on a break, Bretonio's on a break. Like, Manset's not even really a thing, but, like, they're closer to being a thing than those other two are, I guess. Like, there's, yeah, I don't even know. Well, according to whoever wrote the questions for PD's Facebook Live, I guess Manstead's, like, married at this point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, if they, you know, if they're going to explore that more this season, I'm down for it. But based off what we've seen, I'm not feeling it. And we've talked about this before. But, you know, we'll see what season three has in store. So, 
some of the other interviews we got today, um, today being Thursday, two interviews actually dropped today. So there were two interviews from my take on TV. And one interview was with Jesse Spencer and Monica Raymond. And the other was with Taylor Kenny and Derek Haas. So we'll start with the one with Jesse and Monica. And if you've never seen Jesse and Monica interact when they're not Casey and Dawson, they're just as adorable off screen as they are on. So Jesse talks a lot about there being more tension coming between Casey and Severide, which drives me insane. I have my own rant prepared about that. Uh, but he talks about how there's a lot of unresolved issues between the two. And when he said that, I was like, there are. What did you guys think here? I don't I don't even know what to think. I yeah, I, it it's weird. Like, what have we not seen? What is not made it into our canon that we're supposed to know. Well, I think he's referring back to season one when Darden died, that they never really got over that. Well, and it's funny because, like, in the one with Taylor and Derek that we can also just go ahead and start talking about, Taylor's talking about, like, respecting the rank, and he's also talking a little bit about this tension, and he's like, yeah, like, pretty much, like, Severide thinks it's still, like, to this day that it was Chuck's fault because Squad doesn't vent truck does and i was like oh like so i guess that's something their characters obviously i guess still think about i don't know guys just get over it like you can't move on from this tragic event that happened in your lives that set this whole thing in motion if you don't get over it yeah and i was thinking about something the other day that kind of kind of not confused me but I was just kind of left with questions so the past like two or three episodes right we've seen Severi just making little remarks here and there about Captain and he's like oh you know must be nice for this or like oh look at all the responsibility you have just making little quips there I don't take this as Severide being jealous or anything I take this as Severi just ripping on his best friend agree agree yeah so I don't like that they're talking about all this tension because Here's what drives me crazy about this, and I rant about this later in the outline, but we'll scoot it up because it's almost time for fire, but <laughs> which y'all don't know, of course, because you're listening to this on Friday. But I hate when people bring it back to the pilot and they say that the core of the show is built around the tension between Casey and Severide. I don't agree with that at all. My take here, I just believe that, or I actually just, you know, it just kind of helps me sleep at night, I guess. What helps me, what, what I like to believe is that we just caught them on a bad day. And at the truth of it all, they're best friends and they're brothers. Right. I think I agree with that. I think what the core of the show is, is that this firehouse is a family. And, like, we just happened to see in a moment where they had, like you said, a bad day. And so, yes, they had this tension that kind of existed for the first couple of episodes. But I don't even remember what they, how they ended their tension and how they resolved the, the conflict. But, like... What we get to see at the end of the day is them coming back together and really showing that, like, this firehouse family is the most important thing and that, like, yes, they lost an important member, but that's not a reason for them to fight. And that's a reason for them to still be aligned with each other and be on the same side. So that's what I think those first couple of episodes of Fire really set up. Not that the fact that these two hate each other, but that they're in the moments when they do hate each other and they are upset with each other, they're brothers at the end of the day because this is one big family. Yeah. Yeah, there's just... it. It's an interesting discussion from both Jesse and Taylor because, you know, we'll see. So um, another cute little thing from Jesse and Monica's interview. Jesse said that he hated putting on the white captain's polo at first. And then, of course, Monica's like, I thought he looked very handsome in it. 
I didn't even recognize until he said that that he was wearing a different color polo, which makes sense now. But like, I didn't even reckon. I did. It was not something I ever paid that much close attention to. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. When he was like, oh, I always wear the gray one. I was like, oh, you do. Yeah. <laughs> and right. Severide wears the blue one. He does. Which I didn't ah. realize had anything to do with their rank. I just thought they were different colors. When they were both lieutenants, they wore gray and blue? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the blue was probably for squad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're learning so much. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. So out of the interview with Taylor and Derek, this was pretty funny. Um, Taylor was just really, he was joking around a lot in this one. So he did touch on the tension between Casey and Severide, but he also was pretty quick to say that Severide is right in all of these instances where he butts heads with Casey. Again, Taylor's joking around here, but it was still pretty funny to see because one guy asked him about last episode when they were fighting over the best way to bring this guy down from being wrapped in barbed wire on the side of the roof. And the guy goes, so Kelly was right? And he doesn't even get the word right out before Taylor's like, yes. Yes, he was. So it's pretty funny. But they talk about the chain of command. And Severide says that, you know, he has to respect the rank. Severide, Taylor, sorry. Taylor says he has to respect the rank and not necessarily the person. Which is probably why we see Severide at the end of last week when Casey's like, you can't buck the chain of the command. And Severide's like, yeah, you're right. So I don't know. Another thing they address is that the theme for fire in season six is the way outside family impacts the firehouse family. And we've seen this, but the most pertinent point out of this is that we're going to meet Mama Severide. Hell yeah, we are. We're also going to meet Bowden's brother-in-law. Supposedly. That's coming down the tube. So, But I really like, now that I know that kind of like theme, I think it's going to change the way I approach these episodes. And I really like that theme. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe. Our, I'm gonna bump this up too. Hold on, let me find it in that one. We're gonna. Isn't Severide's dad coming back? Yeah, Benny's coming back. Yeah. Yeah, we saw his. Um, I cannot remember who plays him, but the actor who plays Benny tweeted that he was back, like learning lines. It was almost like it was like two weeks ago. So it's probably coming up like right after we come back from hiatus. So it'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after the interviews with my take on TV, we had some demos with the cast, and we're going to breeze through this pretty quickly because we've got 10 minutes till fire. So Eamon demonstrated how to kick in a door. LaRoyce demonstrated how to use a battering ram on a door. And then Patty and Nick played some sort of baseball. I don't know how that's relevant, but it happened. Patty should stick to acting because he didn't hit the ball. Just put it out there. <laughs> And then Marina, Colin, and Tori did some really weird med thing with some prosthetics. I don't know. You'll see the pictures, I'm sure, on Instagram. So after that, of course, they all headed to the after parties where they got together and just, like, dressed up really fancy and celebrated how awesome they are. And I just want to know where was our invite? Yeah, next year. (laughs) Derek, we won't make that happen. Yeah, next year. So, um... One of our listeners, Sinead, she sent us a picture of the one Chicago ladies and they all had cigars and they were just sitting together. And if you were paying attention to the Instagram lives that were coming out of one Chicago day, um, the Chicago fire ladies, especially, they did a lot of Instagram live when they were at this party. And so 
you know, uh, Monica and Miranda and Kara, they were just like sitting together smoking cigars and just answering questions and just all around being completely badass. Yeah, I want a girls. I mean, I have great girl squads, but like, that's a pretty epic one. It's a pretty epic one. Yeah. And so um, Sinead had pointed out to us that there's there was a photo that came out of the party of like pretty much all of the one Chicago ladies just sitting together and just being them. It was awesome. I just yeah, I want to see more of this in the shows where, you know, just more girl power in general with the one Chicago ladies, because, you know, they're all powerful on their own, but bring them together and that'll be some badass stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that was great. Okay, so we got to speed through some of this because we are very, very close to the fall finale of Chicago Fire. Um, Who wants to talk about the Hollywood Life Chicago Fire article? Ashley, why don't you go? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Um, So Taylor did an interview with Hollywood Life and said that there's more tension with Severide and Casey that's going to happen. And he thinks Severide and Kid could make a relationship work, but he thinks it might end this, this. disastrously because in-house romances always end like that and he doesn't see Severide settling down anytime soon or getting into a long-term relationship but at some point he would like to see that happen so yeah there is an Erica Sal interview we'll post that on our Twitter page let me see what else we want to talk about what else are you guys seeing that we should address can we talk about the 508 PD description while we're here yeah. is this sure um, so basically in 508, which we don't know when it's going to air now because all the episodes are screwed up, but one of Voight's friends is a congressman and he's found passed out in a hotel room with a dead Ukrainian girl. And when the unit figures out that the murder is connected to a sting and Boy- Bridges' boyfriend is working with the feds, then she has to choose whether she compromises her case or her boyfriend's case. So this is where we're going to get to meet Burgess's boyfriend. Finally. I was starting to wonder if he actually existed. Yeah, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be a good Burgess episode. Yeah, so um, the last thing we'll probably touch on, there's an Eloise Mumford article with Hidden Remote, who I've never heard of. But yeah, there's an Eloise Mumford article that comes out, and she basically just talks about how much fun it was to play Hope. Yeah, there's just a thing that she said. She was talking about how much fun she had playing the duality in her, and that like she's so like front-footed with like her sexuality and her flirtiness okay that's great but that's the reason why we hated you at the same time yeah and i'm i'm interested to see in the finale how this is going to play out with sylvia and hope she also admitted that she was in chicago last week filming which means she's gonna come back at some point when we come back from a hiatus barf boo so we'll see do y'all want to talk about this monica interview yeah yeah go for it um I'll just skim through. She wants to work with LaRoy's and a couple of ladies from the from Med. And then she teased a couple of things about what's coming up for Dawson. She said in the next few episodes, we have a pretty long A storyline between Gabby and Severide. And they go on an investigation hunt because they come in contact with the teenage girl who they saved from a fire. And it looks like she might be a drug addict, but they learn that she is actually trying to save her dad from a dying from a disease. And Dawson um, tells her she has to alert child services and the girl begs her not to. And then Dawson agrees and makes her promise that she will seek help. And then Dawson investigates and the, the girl's father and brings Severide along for the ride. I love Dawson and Severide. Do you guys think this is where 
like, a couple weeks ago when we talked about, like, the tension between Gabby and Casey about, like, over the minor and the child and whatever because it's going to bring up Louis feelings. Like, do you think that's where that comes in? Like, the Gabby and Casey tension? There is a Hollywood Life article that Jesse Spencer did about that story on. About Louis thing. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I'm assuming that's where it comes into play, but that'll be interesting. Yeah, that will be interesting to see. Also, Gabby and Severide, I love that combo. I love that combo so much. They work so well together. Yeah, they really do. So, yeah, that is the end of our show tonight. We could have talked for a lot more because we had a lot more stuff in our outline, but it's currently two minutes until the fall finale of Fire, which we have to go watch so that we have stuff to talk about on Sunday. So, as always, you can get in touch with us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are Meet Us at Molly's. You can DM us. You can email us at meetusatmolly's at gmail.com. Again, we love when you get in contact with us. Please do it. We love it so much. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can do that as well. I am Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I'm at Bryna K13. And, and Ashley. I'm at Perfect. All right. So we will see you guys on Monday. In the meantime, yeah, enjoy the Firefall finale. Have a good weekend. Bye. <laughs>